With the longest year in human history finally coming to an end, I have one thing to say to 2018. You should have gone for the head. What's up, fam? Welcome to the last episode of LM2 Talks for calendar year 2018. This one has been a long time coming. I was hoping to have it out a little bit sooner, but, you know, with the holiday season and going home to see family and dealing with holiday depression and all that fun, fun, fun stuff, um, it got pushed back a little bit. And, you know, I kind of went through a few different permutations of how I thought this was going to go in my head. At first, I was just going to do, uh, you know, my best of list for movies and TV and video games and stuff like that. But I decided to change it up, uh, especially after listening to a bunch of other podcasts and, and listening to how they're doing things and wanting to put my own spin on things. So we're going to do this a little bit different. We're going to do this my style. Um, all of the opinions here are my own. They don't necessarily reflect what I think are the best things, but or the worst things. This is just going to be me kind of spitballing some of my thoughts on this year in entertainment and media. Um, so yeah, come along for the journey. Wait a minute. This isn't my world. Disappointed! So, as you may have guessed from my friend Kevin Sorbo, who is disappointing in his own right, uh, um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, look up uh, his very Christian pro-life movies. They're very interesting and kind of scary. But uh, beyond that, I really wanted to talk about some of the disappointments that I saw this year. And, you know, I at, at first when I was planning out this episode, I thought like, oh, you know, I could bring up something like Insecure and talk about how the current season didn't really live up to the rest of it for me or something like that. But I thought that was a little, little too easy and a little too boring. And, you know, realistically, I'm pretty sure that show will be just fine. They just had a setup season and that's it. Uh, but really what I thought is to kind of speak to things a little bit more broadly for this section. And the first thing that, that really came to mind in terms of something that I was a little disappointed with was, you know, this past year's summer movie season. So one of the things that you know, I started this podcast during that season. I thought, you know, when I first started out, it was going to be nonstop, just me talking about movies. Every week I went to the movies, I was going to talk about them. Um, but truth be told, you know, a lot of the bigger films that we thought we were going to see this summer, um, or, you know, that we thought of as summer films came out so early that the rest of the summer felt kind of empty. And when you have stuff like, you know, your your Deadpools and your Avengers Infinity War and stuff like that coming out at the very beginning of the summer and, you know, in, in a lot of cases, you know, it's basically spring. And I, and I know the summer movie season is shifting, but, you know, you hope for those big blockbuster, dumb popcorn munching films that you can watch all summer long. 
And that's not to say that great movies didn't come out this summer. You know, there are a lot of them, some of which I will be talking about later in this podcast. And you did have some big blockbustery kind of things like Incredibles 2, which was a which was a monster this year. Um, you know, you you had your Jurassic Worlds and things like that, but I feel like personally, it just didn't have the same impact as some other past summer movie seasons have had. And, you know, I wanted a little bit more. I wanted some dumber things to talk about. You know, the the great thing about this summer was, you know, we actually had a lot of really artfully done films that were coming out. There were a lot of really, really great projects and ideas and you know, especially within the independent space, within the documentary space, you know, so I was really satisfied with all of that. But, you know, again, you know, that space that you would usually see your Transformers or your Fast and your and the Furiouses and, and stuff like that, that was what was kind of lacking from this summer. And, you know, I, I think a big part of that is, you know, again, trying to jump on the summer movie season a little bit too early. And some of those films being disappointing, you know, I, I know some people really swear by Deadpool and enjoy Deadpool too. I thought it was a little bit of a wet fart. Um, you had stuff like Solo, which just did not go anywhere, did not do anything that was kind of, you know, starting off. And, you know, obviously Infinity War was going to be big, but again, it happened so early that, you know, it, it didn't really leave a whole lot of room uh, for kind of these bigger blockbusters to come out this summer. So, you know, that's just something that I'm hoping for this summer, 2019 summer, that we'll have a few more bigger, dumber, popcorn munching movies that we can talk about and talk crap about, hopefully, you know, just some more fun to have at the theater. I love to go to the theater and think about things, but I also love to go and turn off my brain and just enjoy some really cool visuals, some great action or whatever it may be. So hopefully we can get a little bit more of that next year. Another thing that I found myself disappointed with, and you know, I, I will say part of this may be my fault. I haven't been seeking out a lot of it. Music just generally, I felt a little bit disappointed by this year. And it's not to say that good albums didn't come out. You know, I loved listening to uh, Kamasi Washington's newest album. Um, you know, uh, Anderson Pack's new album is, is great. You know, there, there was good music that came out. Um, but I think for me, what I was thinking about is just really the lasting appeal of a, a lasting appeal of a lot of it. And did we get anything that was new and would test, you know, stand the test of time? And you know, obviously, it's it's too early to say that for sure. There are a lot of great moments in music this year, um, but I feel like none of them lasted very long, um, and all of them were less about the actual music itself and more about the personalities involved you know when you're you know when you're talking about beef you know i was thinking about the whole you know cardi b and Nicki minaj thing and it's like it wasn't settled in music it wasn't fought in music it was two personalities clashing with each other and you know growing up you know during the you know the ether days you know that was the thing you know it's like someone if they had beef with someone else you make a song about it you make a song about it and you show that you are the better, superior rapper or whatever it may be. So, you know, and, and yes, that's that's only hip hop. Um, you know, in the pop sphere, I know a lot of people really love Ariana Grande and, you know, she did, she's making things happen this year despite the really, you know, crappy, 
borderline cruel year i would say that she has had um you know but but again you know what what am i walking away from 2018 with musically and i think i think that's something that i really hope changes i want something game changing and exciting for 2019 i i just feel like there's there's a lot more that we could be getting and I don't know if it's just because of, you know, the algorithms, not to blame social media and Spotify and Apple Music and all of that stuff. But I wonder if part of the reason why music just hasn't been as interesting lately is because so many artists are just kind of looking to break into uh, that stream. And granted, I'm sure there are people that are on the underground or lesser known people that are making fantastic, phenomenal music that I just haven't heard yet. And because I am open, you know, 2019, please send me your recommendations for artists that I should be listening to. I definitely want to check out some new music. I want to hear people who are doing new and different things and really kind of pushing the envelope because I feel like, you know, it, it's been a while since we've had that, that place of, of music kind of really being at the forefront of our minds when we're thinking about entertainment. I, I, I just feel like a lot of our conversations, you know, generally have kind of moved around, moved away from music. And, and yes, yes, I know part of that might be getting older and, you know, the problems of the world being, you know, kind of more pressing on our everyday. Uh, but I still love music. I want to hear good music and I hope that we get some better music in 2019. Finally, one of the last disappointments that I want to talk about uh, in this section, and if you haven't guessed already, this is going to be a little bit of a longer podcast, but it's a year end review. I mean, you have to kind of expect that. But, you know, one of the last disappointments that I had was with DC, you know, um, you know, DC Comics, not the comic books that they have, but from their kind of film and television entertainment I just feel like they've kind of continually dropped the ball and you know this on this week's episode i'm not really going to have my you know normal reviews section since i'm doing an end of year review but you know a couple of weeks ago or a week ago however long it's been at this point i'm on break now so i've lost complete track of time at the time that i'm recording this I saw Aquaman and, you know, going into it, I had heard a lot of people saying like, oh, like this is actually pretty good and the blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's not good. Aquaman is not a good movie. Let's stop pretending like it's a good movie just because we've been disappointed by everything else that DC has put out. This movie has some, you know, has a little bit of representation in terms of people of color within it. That's not enough. It, it really isn't. It doesn't make the script good. It doesn't make the story make sense. It doesn't make the film interesting. Sure, it's got some cool visuals and some of the fight scenes are okay. Um, you know, and I, I honestly think that Black Mando was handled pretty well. Um, but the movie's not good. And what else wasn't good? Titans. So I signed up for the DC streaming service, mostly because I want to watch the new season of Young Justice, but I also figured, hey, if they're going to be doing this new Titan series and they're going to do a Swamp Thing series and they're going to do um, uh, Stargirl and they're going to do, um, I almost called them the Mystery Men, the Doom Patrol. If they're going to be doing all of these things, let me check them out. You know, I'm a big fan of comics. I want to see what these are like. Maybe they'll be as good as the Marvel Netflix stuff, everything like that. They weren't. 
you know, we're talking about a series that is 11 episodes. You're supposed to, if you know the Teen Titans, you have a certain level of expectation for what you're going to get. They tried to present a few of the pieces that you would think would add up to a pretty good, pretty satisfying whole. And it just doesn't, you know, again, like it suffers from this tone that just does not work for DC and they need to stop doing. And it's not that the tone is bad, you know, they're, they're doing the dark and gritty thing. And it's not like that cannot work. You know, I think to an extent, like, you know, your, your Batman Begins, the, the, the Dark Knight trilogy is technically speaking dark. And, and I would, I would kind of look at it as gritty, but it's also smart. It's well done. It's well thought through. The story makes sense. The script makes sense. The performances are good. It doesn't feel like it's taking itself too seriously because everything about it is working. You know, I, I, I often bring up the example of The Dark Knight Rises, which is not a perfect film in any sense of the imagination. You know, there's a lot of parts of it that just don't work, but it still has this level of fun to it that makes you kind of get past all of the issues that it had had. I mean, I think I've watched that movie every time that I've seen it on, I've tuned into wherever it's at and watched it through almost to the end. You know, the, for me, like the end is where a lot of it falls apart, but yeah, Titans just, I'm really interested to see where they go in the second season. Sorry if you just heard my washing machine stop in the background. Um, I'm really interested to see where it goes in the second season. But, you know, again, I hope DC can really start to look at everything that they're putting out and start to make a product that is a little bit better. Like it's not it's not just about making it more friendly to audiences. It's about making it better. Write better scripts, write better dialogue, create more compelling stories, get better performances out of your actors. So if that means get getting better directors, you know, if you if you're if you don't have the budget for good special effects, tone down the special effects. Things shouldn't look crappy and cheap. You know, again, looking at a lot of the Marvel Netflix stuff like, yes, I would have liked to see Daredevil in the suit more, but everything that they did in that show looked really good. Um, you know, save for maybe one or two things. So, you know, it's possible to create good, compelling television superhero, you know, shows and drama and everything like that. I just think they need to kind of take it back to the drawing board and same with their movies, you know, just, I'm glad that wonder woman got pushed back till 2020, uh, 2020, um, because hopefully that means they're taking time to make sure that the movie is done right. And, you know, really realistically, I hope they take that time with some of their more, their other movie properties. I want DC to be just as good as some of the stuff that we're getting from Marvel. And again, the stuff we're getting from Marvel isn't perfect, but one, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Two, they have found a way to speak to different demographics with what they are putting out there. And three, they are all of a level of quality that even if I don't like it, I can still say it's okay. It's not just that it's, oh, it's better than bad. So suddenly I'm going to say it's good. Um, so it's my little rant on DC. Hopefully they can get it better in 2019, get it together and get better in 2019 and beyond. Um, because, you know, I love DC Comics. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm big fan of Marvel, big fan of DC. I want to see them both succeed. 
I don't want to, you know, kind of see them just kind of go to the wayside because they can't figure it out. Get the right people on board and make this stuff happen. So with that, we're going to move into my next section. I see you don't chase dreams, you live them. One of the virtues of never sleeping, Mr. Bond. I have to live my dreams. Besides, plenty of time to sleep when you're dead. So... A weird James Bond movie quote in there, but what I'm going to be talking about in this section are a few movies that I thought people slept on this year um, and that I think people should see. I'm not going to go super in depth because obviously I don't want to spoil any of these for you, uh, but I'll just give you a little bit of background on them and talk about my experience with them and kind of what it was about them that kind of made me want to watch. So the first one is Annihilation, which I believe should be on Netflix now. It uh, it was one of those films that came out in the sort of summer, I believe, or late spring. Nobody went to see it. When I saw it in theaters, there were literally three other people in the theater. I'm pretty sure two of them weren't paying attention to the movie and the fur in front of me may have been asleep, but I couldn't couldn't tell from behind. Um, it is a sci-fi horror existential dread film starring Natalie Portman uh, and some other great actors. I'm not going to get into all of that right now. Um, but if you're into really interesting science fiction horror concepts, um, really interested in looking at kind of existence and what it means to be and what destruction is and what rebirth is and all of that if you're interested in those concepts and you want to see something that has a one of the most visually unique sequences i have ever seen in a major motion picture um and i'm trying not to be hyperbolic there but like it is legitimately beautiful and jarring and for folks that are listening to this that have seen it, they know exactly what I'm talking about. And I imagine they're probably nodding their heads right now to, to what I just said. Um, but definitely check it out. If you're not into sci-fi or horror and, and when I say sci-fi here, like I'm talking about beyond just like your, you know, science fantasy, star Wars, or your, your kind of I, 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 star Trek fans might be able to get into this like next gen Star Trek fans, you know, TNG, Deep Space Nine Star Trek fans may be able to get into this, but you know, it's not, it's not like your, your, I, I guess, I guess I would call it pop sci-fi, um, you know, so definitely something that I think more people should check out, especially now that I believe it is more available. And if it's not, just let me know, but I will find a way for you to watch it because I think you should. Uh, another movie that I thought was kind of slept on this year was Widows, which came out, I guess, last month um, or at the time of me recording this last month. And it's a really good crime heist film, um, you know, directed by Steve McQueen, um, the director of 12 Years a Slave. And, you know, it's, it's funny because this is a movie that he's been trying to get made forever. It stars Viola Davis. It has, you know, a great terrifying performance by Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, Brian Terry Henry is continuing his dominance over the year of 2018 in this film. Um, you know, so many Michelle Rodriguez, so many other, you know, great performances in here. It's, it's a lot of, it's a 
it's it's weird to describe it as fun because the subject matter can be a little tense and there are some allusions to kind of you know current political situations and and cultural situations but it was really really interesting and it's a good slow burn and i think more people kind of need to see it in the same way that um you know, a film like The Sisters Brothers, you know, I, I've, I've seen a lot of people talk about uh, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs on Netflix, you know, as being like this, oh, this Western that people need to check out. And, you know, I get it. It's on Netflix. It's a lot more accessible. But, you know, something like The Sisters Brothers, uh, which starred John C. Riley and Joaquin Phoenix and Riz Ahmed and Jake Gyllenhaal is a, is a really good kind of post-Western tale that more people should have watched. So, you know, Widows, Sisters, Brothers, you know, both movies that I think people should check out that they maybe didn't check out while they were in theaters because I don't know if they're still there. Um, not enough people want to see them. So I imagine they'll be coming to streaming soon, uh, hopefully for you all to check out, you know, put them on your watch list for this year. The last two movies are two of my favorite movies this year. Um, it, it, they may be my two favorite movies, but you know, Into the Spider-Verse came out this year and that was a damn good film. Um, but Sorry to Bother You, um, which uh, I did do a review on uh, IGTV when I was doing that, that you can check out a really great anti-capitalist film. Um, it's Boots Riley. He's a, he's a musician turned into a writer and director who kind of poured his heart and soul into this film. And you can tell every bit of it fills, you know, it's filled with this really interesting imagination um, and, you know, indicts kind of the world that we live in and the system that we live in. Um, it's, it's hard to put it into words. I know some people probably saw the trailer and were kind of turned off by it, thinking that, oh, this is just a race movie or something like this. And it's like black people talk like this and white people talk like that. And that's not really what it is. You know, that's an aspect of the film. Um, you know, the idea of code switching is in a way integral to the film but it is about so much more than that and i really want people to kind of take a chance on it and watch it especially if you feel like you're a person that wasn't really invited into that conversation and in the same way i feel like the other the other film that i really feel like a lot of people slept on and i know a lot of people slept on it because every time i tried to talk to somebody about it no one had seen it um when i talked to my mom about this the theater near her didn't even have it uh blind spotting so this blind spotting starred uh, Raphael Casal and W. Diggs. Uh, w. Diggs of Hamilton fame. He was also in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and a bunch of other stuff. Um, two fantastic performers. And it's it's kind of hard to explain this one uh, without. This isn't a spoiler, but it is like a spoken word musical. And. You know, I'm going to be honest, I didn't really know that going in. And I feel like if in a way that was promoted more from the get go, they might have been able to get a few more people in to see it. Um, but that said, the film deals with the idea of gentrification and adoption of culture and 
what does it mean to be black? What does it mean to be white? How do we navigate those spaces? Um, and, you know, I'm going to leave it at that. I, I just think the, the film, you know, it, it was it was funny because when Green Book came out a couple of weeks ago, everybody was like, this is the film that we need now. This is the film that's like, you know, it, it it's looking at this kind of idea of togetherness and everything like that. And there was all these this high flouting kind of praise in that way for that film, which ultimately left a lot to be desired because so much of it so much of the story that needed to be told there wasn't told uh and it wasn't the story that we were presented in the movie but you know blind spotting really kind of looks at that idea of well what happens when a black person and a white person are friends and are in the same circle and shit still boils over what does that look like how do we navigate that and i think it just it expertly kind of navigated that and told this really unique and interesting story beautifully but again nobody wants to see it you know at the time that i was watching that in theaters everybody was talking about black klansman and i get it like spike lee is this marquee director black klansman is a good film it impacted a lot of people i understand that for me personally, I feel that blind spotting is, I know this is going to be, you know, it's going to be hyperbolic. I know somebody's going to respond to me and say they don't agree, but I think blind spotting is a better film, the more poignant film and the more important film that we should have been watching this year. You know, in a year where we had Black Klansmen and Sorry to Bother You and Green Book and The Hate You Give and all of this other stuff. I still feel that blind spotting did the best job of kind of speaking to race in 2018, race in our current cultural moment. So I'm just going to leave that at, at that. Hopefully that encourages you to want to go see it. If it doesn't, I'm sorry. That's a lot of what you're going to get on this podcast because that's what's interesting to me. Uh, that's a part of my life. That's a part of my experience. And so media that deals with those ideas is always going to be something that kind of comes to the forefront for me. But enough about blind spotting and some of the stuff that you all probably slept on this year. Let's move into the next section. Surprise, motherfucker. So as our good friend Dokes uh, primed you for, talking about kind of some of the things that surprised me this year. And really, the, the one that I want to start with is horror movies that I actually liked. Um, and I'm not going to speak too long on this because, again, don't want to spoil these movies. But two, um, two horror films came out this year that, for one reason or another, really spoke to me. The first was Hereditary. I saw it with a group of friends from work. And just a really well-shot, well-made film. Um, some pacing issues, but just terrifying in all of the right ways. You know, it is, you know, I, I'm going to use the word slow burn a lot going forward. I'm kind of quickly noticing whenever it's in my thought process, like whenever something's a little bit slower. Um, but it's a good slow burn kind of horror film with these subtle allusions to horror that kind of build and build and build into this like concophony uh towards the towards the end and you know again can't really give away too much about this film 
If you're not into horror films, you're not going to enjoy this one. Um, the other one that I'm going to talk about, though, you might actually, if you're not a horror fan, probably get into. It's the new Halloween, the 2018 Halloween. Um, basically serving as a direct sequel to the original Halloween. Um, you know, Michael Myers, Halloween, slasher, you know, all of that stuff. And it's just, it was a really good movie. It was a really good, or really good film, I should say. I'll record an episode about why I use those terms in the future. I look forward to that. Um, but, you know, I thought they did a really good job of kind of updating it um, and looking at the way some of the tropes have kind of gone and having some fun with it uh while at the same time you know kind of making it more interesting than just hey this terrifying guy is running around killing people and this babysitter is trying to survive it um definitely go check it out uh i think it you know, this might have also been, you know, one of those slept on ones. I know it made a lot of money. It's opening weekend, but I still wonder if enough people saw it. Um, but definitely check out Halloween. The other kind of surprise for me was the end of Marvel Netflix. So I know at the time that I'm recording this, uh, a new season of The Punisher is going to be dropping soon. I believe they said like mid-January, something like that. But Iron Fist got canceled, then Luke Cage got canceled, then Daredevil got canceled. And, you know, to be fair, you know, Iron Fist wasn't that great, but, you know, Luke Cage season two, much stronger than the first season, uh, at least in my personal opinion. And some other folks that I've talked to kind of seem to agree with me on that one. Daredevil season three was kind of a return to form after, you know, half of the goodness that was the Punisher aspects of season two. Um, and it just, it, it stings a little bit because it felt like we were really getting some good superhero, you know, adjacent storylines and drama on these shows. And to think that we won't really have them anymore is, is a little sad. Uh, especially knowing that the way that these contracts are done, these characters can't be used for another few years. So, you know, there's a part of me that hopes that Marvel and Netflix work something out because I would like to see these characters show up on the Disney streaming service. Um, you know, that said, uh, I know supposedly season three of Jessica Jones was being worked on. I don't know if we'll actually get to see that or if they're going to scrap it mid-production, if it has even been in production. I'm sorry I didn't check before recording this, but you know, it just, I don't know. It's a little, it's a little strange for me. It's a little, you know, sad in a way because I, again, I thought they were doing a really good job on those shows and I really wanted to see where they could go from there. Um, but alas. Moving on, I think another big surprise for me was just kind of the documentary films that that were coming out this year. So, um, you know, when I was talking about like the whole idea of the summer season not necessarily being that great, one of the things that I did get to do was watch a lot of documentaries. And, you know, I might be, you know, I might be off on some of the timelines and when some of these came out, but some of the things that are that are coming to mind are 
you know, the, the Mr. Rogers documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor, is a fantastic look at this guy and his life and, and kind of how his messages are still important today and kind of echo uh, how today echoes some of the things that were going on in the past. And, you know, it left me wondering if someone like Mr. Rogers could ever really exist again, or are we kind of, are we past a point where someone like him can be? Um, so that, that film was really, really interesting to me. Um, three identical strangers. Uh, it's all about these, these three identical triplets or, you know, pretty much identical triplets who were separated at birth and just kind of the story of them finding each other and reuniting and where that leads. It's, it's an amazing film. And, you know, I, I got dinged because I shared my emotional response to the film and someone told me that was a spoiler. So I'm not going to do that here, but what I'm going to say is that you definitely, definitely should watch it. Um, don't read up on it before going into it. Just watch it and, and kind of see where it takes you. I think that you'll enjoy it. Another one that comes to mind is Free Solo. Uh, it's about a free climber who scaled uh, El Capitan at Yosemite. It is, a, again, it's an amazing documentary just looking at ideas of addiction and mental health and you know why would someone push themselves to do this really incredibly dangerous thing and what do they get out of it all of that so i think that is something that i would heavily recommend you check out and you know for my music fans out there uh the whitney houston documentary whitney um you know it's it's I wouldn't say it is of the same quality of the other three that I mentioned. It is still very good. Um, and it is very sad. Um, you know, it's not, you know, obviously Whitney Houston's story is quite tragic and kind of watching it and kind of learning more about her history, put a lot of who she is or who she was and, and kind of why she made some of the choices she made into a much better context. And I think if anybody loves her music and questions why she did what she did and, you know, all of that stuff, I definitely think you should check out this documentary. I sort of have one more surprise, but I think I'm actually going to save it for part of what I'm going to talk about in the next section. So moving on. All that challenge shit is over with. I'm the king now. So looking at some of our triumphs of the year 2018 when in regards to entertainment and media, one of the things that really stuck out to me were the amount of kind of epic sweeping video games with these really well told stories and you know there were three that really came to mind for me that comprised of most of my video game playing time this year and those three would be god of war spider-man or marvel's spider-man on ps4 and red dead redemption 2 and you know i know i said one of these would kind of be a part of the surprise for me and 
for those of you that listen to my podcast, you know that one of the episodes was all about uh, Kratos, Kratos from uh, God of War. And I have never been a fan of the God of War series. I always thought, you know, when you talk about toxic masculinity, like that game always like was that. And I feel, you know, that this new game does a good job of kind of recognizing that and, you know, acknowledging it while not necessarily, you know, denying it, Uh, you know, that factors into the story, which I'm not going to talk too much about for, you know, I'm sure some of you haven't had a chance to play it yet and, and really want to get into it. But I feel that they do a good job of kind of there's there's that meta there's that meta within the storytelling where it's kind of like we know what we've created in the past you know this is what it was like these were the issues with it where it's not necessarily a good thing despite how popular it's been let's start to deconstruct that let's use the story that we're telling now to in a way shine some light onto what those issues were without necessarily directly saying these were the problems you know and and again you know there's 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 only so much i can say because i you know i I, i'm toying around with the idea of doing special bonus episodes where i just kind of go full spoiler on certain pieces of entertainment media and things like that where you know i can just kind of say everything that's on my mind for these things and you know technically i could use this space for it but i know not everybody is here for that uh some people just want kind of the base level or they want to talk about different things and they don't want to run the risk of being spoiled but yeah so i mean god of war was you know it was both a surprise and a triumph for me this year um you know spider-man on ps4 is one of the up until the time that i saw into the spider-verse i thought it was one of the best pieces of spider-man content that i had ever experienced it still is but i mean let's be real have you seen into the spider-verse that movie is great i might go see it i might go see it again tomorrow you know and the next day i don't know i there's you know currently there's only like a few films that i that i really need to see right now and it's like uh do i really want to go see the favorite or vice or do i want to see something colorful and fun again like into the spider-verse and like the answer is yes i want to see those other things too but you know this is this is a tangent by the way i'm mean, gonna get back to my point eventually the winter movie season is the weirdest thing to me because it's like, all right, for people that already have, you know, sads or, you know, or, or affected by seasonal changes or feel depressed or have holiday depression or whatnot, you have all of these super serious movies that like are gut punches that, you know, deal with all of these subjects that you don't really want to think about on a daily basis. And these moments where you're already feeling kind of crappy, they all come out. We had to do better than that. Like, give us some more fun stuff during the holidays. You know, like you can't put every awards movie here right now because half of them are going to make you want to cry. Half of them are going to want to make you pull your hair out. 
Half of them are going to make you look at some situation that we are either just finished experiencing or are currently experiencing and just like bring it all back up to the front. <sighs> that's that's my soapbox for that. So um, getting back to the sweeping games, you've heard me talk enough about Red Dead Redemption 2. But that's the other one that I, I felt like really stole the show in terms of video games creating these sweeping tales and narratives that should be, you know, celebrated this year. I also thought there were some really interesting cultural moments this year. Um, you know, one of them being, you know, what would be dubbed as Asian August and kind of the, you know, for the first time in a really long time within you know, movies, especially the representation of Asian and Asian American people in, you know, you know, U.S. cinema, um, domestic cinema, uh, you know, with stuff like Crazy Rich Asians searching, you know, on Netflix with To All the Boys I Loved Before, like all of that stuff, you know, it's just, again, like I know there's still more work to be done. Those were only three films that I named, but you know, you're, you're, there are others, there are other films that I just haven't had a chance to see this year that kind of are are continuing that, you know, I guess progress is the, the best way to say it. And there's still a lot more room for growth, but it was something that that really stuck out in my mind as, as something that, you know, is is big and is something that we really, again, should be celebrating, that we should be talking about a lot more. and how can we encourage this for other groups um you know who are still in need of kind of getting more of that face time you know within our entertainment landscape you know who isn't being seen and how can we make sure that they are seen and heard and that their stories are told um, you know, because again, we, we vote with our dollars in a lot of ways, you know, if we are making sure that these movies are the number one, when they come out, remain the number one movie for the next week or two, um, or in the cases of one of the things that I will be talking about soon, you know, weeks on end. Um, I think it's, I think it's just really important that we continue to show that this is important to us. And you know, whenever we have a chance, if there are creators that we know that are looking to tell those stories, make sure that we are helping give them the opportunity to do so, um, whether that is through just supporting them, whether that is for helping them get to the right people to make sure that these projects can happen. We just got to do it. You know, I, I think it's it's long past time in a lot of ways that, you know, everybody feel, feels seen heard and represented maybe beyond represented you know everybody it, it's it's hard to talk about because like there's it's so hard to kind of capture everybody and everyone's experience in film um or television or you know video games or whatever it may be but there's a lot of work that we can do to make sure that more and more people see themselves in those spaces. So again, getting off of that soapbox uh, and moving into some dumb superhero stuff. So, you know, Marvel had another huge year with basically the number, what was it? The number one and two domestic 
outperforming movies this year with Black Panther and Infinity War. And I'm just going to tackle Infinity War first. Um, I did a whole bonus episode on Infinity War and sharing my thoughts on it and just, you know, really looking at the last 10 years of Marvel films and what this film represents even more so than the original Avengers film, because let's face it, Avengers Infinity War is the best Avengers film. It is far better than Avengers. It's definitely, definitely, definitely better than Age of Ultron, even though I am an Age of Ultron apologist. Um, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, the best part of watching Aquaman, you know, whenever I watched that was seeing the Avengers Endgame trailer in 3D. And I know there's not like a whole, there's no action in the trailer. It's mostly just kind of dressing the set and setting the stage. But like, just to see that shot of Tony with the Iron Man helmet in 3D, it looks so cool because of the depth between the front of the helmet cracked open and the back and I'm off topic, but Avengers Infinity War, I just watched it yesterday. Still a really great film. Again, being able to bring together 10 years of Marvel films and kind of weave it into this package. And yes, I know some people are missing, but they will show up in the next movie. We've already seen them in the trailer. I, I It's just a really exciting time to be a Marvel fan in that way. Um, you know, in the same way that I mentioned before, you know, the Into the Spider-Verse, you know, best Spider-Man content created possibly ever. You know, it's definitely the best Spider-Man movie ever made. It's one of the best animated films that I've ever seen, both from a script and story and animation perspective. The music was pretty good, except for, you know, I can... I can only take so much post Malone, but you know, I let it rock on this one. Um, just again, good year for Marvel in surprises. I really should have talked about venom, not a good film, but you know, and, and I know it's a it's technically Sony's baby, but you know, like trash like that being so successful just shows their dominance, but you know, to speed this up and get to the end, cause you know, we're pretty we're just past 45 minutes or so 46 minutes oh god i gotta keep an eye on the clock um probably the biggest triumph this year and uh, you know what it is wakanda forever black panther the cultural moment that was the black panther this year was just it was sensational it was it was so I don't know. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. Um, and part of this may be because of the proliferation of social media over time and everything like that, but also because this is like the first, you know, super major, you know, like there have been motion pictures about black superheroes that has happened, but never on this scale. And you know, because everybody's like, oh, what about Meteor Man or Blade or Spawn's Black and blah. And it's like, yes, they are. But like, this is different. This is Marvel. This is Disney. This is, you know, when we're talking about like worldwide distribution, beyond worldwide distribution, we're talking about a, a, a film like, all right. So 
I'm probably going to record an episode of the podcast, Black Panther, one year later. Look for it in February because brilliantly they released the movie in Black History Month. Just smart. Just from a marketing perspective, a lot of what they did was right. Should have they should have produced more shirts, they should have produced more toys, all of that. For some reason, they didn't think this would be a major success. Weird to me. Um, but you know, it shows what faith they have in black people. Um, this is why it's taken us so long to get this. Um, but I don't know, just like the celebratory nature of this film. You saw, you know, people making their own videos. You saw people, you know, mimicking the characters. You saw people that recognized, you know, their their home country's speech patterns in the film. You saw people that literally were in the movie theater dancing because of how it made them feel, how it made them feel seen. You know, when we talk about representation, like this, this film, was that thing that we're always talking about. The fact that you can feel so seen in a moment where you're just going to see a piece of entertainment. The fact that you have, you know, these amazing, beautiful black women of all of these shades and complexions and styles and, you know, like all of these things are so important to that conversation about what what it means to be seen, to be heard, to have your story told. There was so much of that. And like, yes, I get it. Like it, it's kind of the cookie cutter Marvel plot, whatever. It doesn't matter. That's not what this is about. It's about feeling, I, I, I don't know. Like if you haven't had this experience, you may not understand it. Like before this movie came out, I had written an entire blog post just about my identity as a black nerd and feeling like there were so few characters that I could identify with. And within this film, it's like you're given so many people that you can kind of see yourself in, you know, whether that's, you know, being the good son of a father that you're trying to impress, you know, or whether it's being angry at the world and angry at your brethren for turning their backs on you or you know you're the daughter who thinks there's a better way for things to run but you know because of the way that traditions have been you can't do the things that you need to do you can't protect and serve and all of this in the way that you think is best you have the person who's just so fully devoted to that tradition that they don't know another way and their heart is breaking in two because they know what they are forced to do is wrong, but they don't want to betray their honor in a sense. It's just so much to that film. And I think some people get kind of too caught up on the fact that like, oh, it's not breaking the mold in all of these ways and not really looking at how it is speaking so specifically to the people that it is designed for and and i think that's and i and i don't want to like say that as in you know black panther can't be appreciated by non-black people because i don't think that's the case at all it's never been the case and it wasn't the case when the film came out but i think a lot of people misunderstand the reception and reaction to the film as being 
because it is a perfect film and not because of what the film means to so many people. And, you know, I am going to record an entire episode all about Black Panther one year later, like I said. So I'm going to get off right there. That is everything. That is my year in review. There is a lot more that I could have talked about. There's stuff that I may talk about in the next year. Um, like I said, initially I thought about doing a top 10 list, but then there were so many films that were coming out right at the end of the year that I just, I just don't have the time to watch and take in during this time because of either wanting to spend time with family or needing some time to be introspective or, you know, just needing to play some dumb video games or watch some dumb movies or TV and just laugh and not take things too seriously and catch up on things that, you know, I haven't, I never started watching that came out years ago. So I hope that this last half a year or so that I've been recording this podcast has been enjoyable for you. Um, I know this is only the 18th episode, technically the 19th if you count the bonus episode, um, but it's been a really fun ride so far. I hope that you continue to listen to me in the new year. Uh, I can't wait to try out some of the new formatting that I am looking to do, including talking to some guests. I still need to figure out what that setup is going to look like, where I'm going to do it, um, if I'm going to set it up here in my apartment, or if I'm going to actually rent studio space. I don't know. Um, sorry for the voices. Um, but yeah um i want to hear from you you know do you agree with my disappointments were there things that you were surprised by are you are there musicians that you want me to check out what were some of your favorite movies what were some of your triumphs from this year um hit me up larrytron at larrytron on pretty much all social media send me an email larry at lm2photo.com I want to hear from you. Send me questions for, you know, the next episode, uh, which will probably be coming sooner than you'd think. Uh, I am looking at doing a an episode on uh, resolutions and what some of mine are for this year. Some of the things that I want to accomplish this year um, that might be coming out this week. It might not. We'll find out. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you again soon, fam. Peace.